So here we go again. Welcome back to our Coach's Corner. Very special loon dive coming from Tucson, Arizona. Callum Williams alongside head coach Adrian Heath, assistant manager Mark Watson and Ian Fuller and goalkeeping coach John Pascarella. Um, so we spoke a lot about Minnesota United and touched on, on the league itself as well a little earlier on. So, so let's dive deeper into the league. Where, where now, Gaffer, where, where does this league go from where it is? Because you came over here in, what, 2009? This is my 11th year, yeah. So, and, and how much have you seen, not, not only just MLS, but USL as well? I mean, yeah. the, the sport itself yeah. has grown magnificently over the last 10 years. So, so how far can it go? Well, it's unrecognisable to what it was. If you remember, even the USL in them days. Mm -hmm. And now you look at the budgets of some of the USL teams. Yeah. You know, I remember, I think we the first year we won the league fuller in Orlando was what? What year? 11, maybe? And I, I think the entire wage bill was 350 grand. <laughs> now, some of them are over a million, mm -hmm. like well over a million. Yeah. So it gives you an idea of how, how much it's grown at that level. Mm -hmm. In terms of the MLS, I think this is probably the most exciting time that it's had since the maybe the 70s, the Alcyon days when it was, you know. Yeah, 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 it was Palais and all that playing in Giant Stadium mm -hmm. in 70,000. But in terms of the overall base and strength of the league, this is the best it's ever been. Because yeah. even then it was, you know, celebrity driven, if you like. Now it's the proper football clubs that are going to last a lifetime. Mm -hmm. So the stadiums obviously have, you know, we're going into our brand new stadium, which is going to be the best in the league. Yeah. But then a few years ago, that was Kansas that had the best in the league. And, mm -hmm. you know, you look at what's gone on all, all over, uh, the quality of player. Um, I think it was the commissioner who said he wanted the league in 2020 to be the fifth biggest league in the world. Mm -hmm. It's probably on the way there. Mm. You know, you look at the crowds now. Yeah. It's it's overtaking France and I think a few other, I think Syria even, you yep. know, for the whole of the league. So, you know, it's exciting times. It's getting bigger, stronger every year. Um, younger players coming, mm -hmm. you know, the Almiron coming and being sold and Tyler Adams going and, and now P.T. Martinez coming to, what was he, 18, 20 million, whatever mm -hmm. they paid for him. Yeah. That would have been unheard of a few years ago, but it's exciting times and, you know, it's a good time to be involved in the league. Question for all of you. Who, who is the best player that you've either had to coach against or coach for your team whilst you've been in this country? Otto, you go first. Um, I would say over the last three or four years, I would say Giovinco. And I know he's just recently left, but right, right. I thought he was incredible. I think he had his best games against us, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> well, every, he scored a free kick every 20 minutes yeah, against yeah. in the top corner, didn't he? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and, and if you look at the history of the league, he's, he's one of the ones that kind of set the bar a little bit higher, you know. He moved from Juventus, which was a big move, at a, at a really good age. And we caught him, you know, at the, at the top end of his prime. And he was exceptional. And I think, I think he, he just took the, the quality league to another level. And now it's kind of filled in and, and maybe even gone beyond recently. So I would say Giovinco. And I think the fact that, like you just said, he came at like 26, 27. Yeah. Correct, yeah. You know, it was the, and he's <clears throat> coming into his prime years. Mm -hmm. I think that sent another little message out. People in Italy and in Europe were 26, 27, good yeah. major league soccer. Obviously, he was getting well paid, but it was a, a, a you know, it was a, a choice, a league of choice for him. Mm -hmm. You know, so I think that was. Yeah. JP, what about you? Hard to argue against that one. Uh -huh. Giovinco, I think, would probably be the best. David Villa, maybe. Mm -hmm. Still unbelievable. Um, especially, those, especially in the East. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I think those two were probably uh, 
probably the two best. Polo? Yeah, I think there's tremendous players. You know, Ibrahimovic was fun to watch and Almiron and Gio. I think I'm going to be a bit of a homer here and say one that I played with and we're currently coaching now is maybe one of the more important players in the league in the last 10 years is Osvaldo Alonso. And mm-hmm. we, we loved watching him from afar when he was in Seattle and now he's with us. And Guado and I had the, the you know, the fun uh, pleasure. pleasure of uh, welcoming him into America with the Charleston Battery. And yep. he was uh, there with us. I played in central midfield with him and Waddle was coaching. So I'm going to be selfish and say... Mm-hmm. Um, How long did it take you to realize this kid's got bad? <laughs> well, there, there's a great story with that. So in Charleston, there was uh, the, the top Cuban goal scorer of all time, Lester Moray. And that, yep. was, that was the big sign. He's going to be the number nine. He's full of goals. And uh, at the start of preseason, he, he said, you know, there's another Cuban kid who's who's just come over, and um, do you mind if he comes and trains with the team? Mm. And so we're like, you know, kind of begrudgingly, you know, sure, just keep him happy. We'll let him bring his friend along. And the first day of training, after about 30 minutes, we're like, oh boy, we got something. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, that was Ozzy Alonso. And as it worked out, Lester Morey was was not great at all, <laughs> and didn't live up to the billing. And Ozzy was, is, yeah. Ozzy was incredible, and that, we knew halfway. Or, we probably knew within a couple of months that he was going to be a superstar. He, mm-hmm. he got better and better every week, and uh, he played 10 years at Seattle, and now we're fortunate to have him here. Yeah. Um, I was going to touch on this a little later, but whilst we're on the subject of, of Charleston, uh, you mentioned you worked with Mr. Fuller here. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. What's, what was he like as a teammate? What was he like as a player? How long have we got? <laughs> um, so I, I could I could say a lot of things and there's a few stories but we'll leave those I don't know if they're appropriate for for this type of uh, forum but Ian, Ian was actually a very good player not the quickest um, he was never uh, never one bunch of pace but he he was actually not bad he had good feet he struck a great ball um, he was a good fighter and he was, he was part of a pretty good Charleston battery team one that made it to the US, US Open Cup final so mm. uh, there's lots of stories and I'll leave them for today but he was he was actually better than most people think you've gone bright ready in Fuller that's hilarious <laughs> I'm nervous about what he's going to say yeah. <laughs> <laughs> his stories there huh? you know as a player he was as an, an American player was one of the best strikers of the ball and, and that is that is you can ask anybody around. Mm. When we played them a couple of times when we were with Sporting. I remember, yeah. We played them a couple of times in the Open Cup. And thankfully, he had started to transition into coaching mm. at that time. So he spent some time. He's 22. <laughs> <laughs> he spent the first half of the game on the bench and then got subbed on. But, but we, I always remember talking about him as a player and how he was dangerous and how good he was on the ball in terms of striking. Who said that? <laughs> Like Most it. of the coaching staff in Kansas City, he was a guy we were worried about in the really? Open Cup games. Yeah, we play, we play Charleston Battery. Now we're in Austin, mm. and it's our second season, and we're doing okay. And for some reason that year, you got knocked out in the playoffs or something. So, yeah. So you ended up coming to us. You could still sign players, so we mm. took. I took Fuller to the playoffs. Yeah, for the playoffs, thinking yeah. you know this guy, he's really going to help us in the playoffs. Yeah. Really experienced. As the lads have said, good footballer, good in both boxes. And our first game was away at uh, Puerto Rico Islanders. So I said, Ian, go get warmed up. So bear in mind, I've pushed the boat out. His salary is probably more than a lot of my players. But I'm thinking he's going to help us in the playoffs. Go mm-hmm. get warmed up. So he warms up on the side like five or ten minutes. I say, you ready? He goes, yeah, I'm ready. He goes on. 
And I'm not kidding, he wouldn't have been on the field 20 minutes and he's making the substitute motion. <laughs> I'm going, 20, 20 seconds, I'm sorry. Yeah. I, go, I go, what do you mean? You haven't even touched the ball yet. <laughs> he hadn't even run. He was injured and never played a minute for me again in the playoffs. <laughs> so talk about giving money away. <laughs> you may not be wrong about that, but it was slop. It did ring. So you played in the field. Yes, it was slop, and I, I'm, I was, I'm not a slop. Was field injured then? Yeah. It's not I, was, I wasn't a mother rationale. <laughs> so it was a very, very expensive decision. Yeah, yeah. Sounds it, yeah. Yeah. Fuller, the one thing as well, which, which I noticed, um, is you, you, when you were at Charleston, you were already coaching, and you were already starting to coach. So this must have been something that has been on your mind for a long time. I know a lot of footballers, or most footballers, they always think, you know, what am I going to do next? What's going on with my career? Well, what do I do after football? Coaching, I'm assuming, was something you always wanted to do. Yeah, I actually, I, I never really had a path to play professionally. I mean, at Clemson, I was okay. and But I never thought I, I had the capability to do that. MLS was a relatively young league. There were only 10 teams when I uh, finished school. And, and I happened to have a really good senior year and a good ACC tournament, had the ability to play. But... Even when I was at Clemson, my goal was to coach. I wanted to coach. Um, I had paid attention to a lot of my uh, youth coach at Clive, Clive Charles in Portland, uh, Trevor Adair at Clemson, and it's something I always wanted to do. Um, and then when I got back to, to Charleston after a few years playing uh, here and there, um, got the pleasure to work on uh, Mark Watson, and that was a really good kind of path for me in, in mm. terms of he played and player coach and then he moved on and, and it's exactly what I want to do and uh, then he left and I was able to, to be the player coach after a few years and then fortunately I was able to do that under Adrian but um, it's kind of always what I've wanted to do mm. um, and I had the pleasure to play I mean that's all I can really say is I've, it's all we want to be a coach and then I was able to, to play for a few years here and there. Yeah. And um, what's on the subject of, you know, USL and I hate using the word minor league soccer because it almost devalues what what minor league soccer is in this country. But Gaff, you told me stories before about you, you driving the team bus in Orlando and whatnot. And, yeah. Um, and, and JP, obviously, I don't think too many people know, you, you obviously are the head coach of Des Moines Menace uh, for, for several years. What does that experience look like compared to the experience that you have now? Well, there are no bus trips now. <laughs> Everything there was bus trips, six-hour trips, 13-hour trips up to, up to Thunder Bay and another 12 hours across to Winnipeg. Um, so very different, but the impact that you have on those young players uh, long-term, mm -hmm. I think the, the, the payback is, is phenomenal and the relationships you build doing it, not to mention the methodology that you build along the way and, to, and your, your craft in terms of coaching. Um, so really something that's indispensable in some ways, um, but difficult. Mm. You know, living in a, in a two-bedroom apartment with another assistant coach, your family's left behind in another city, and, yeah. and you're taking a lot of bus trips with a bad back and the whole nine yards, but it's, uh, it, it's one of those things that you'll, you'll never forget and you learn a ton from. Quick story about JP. So in my, in my opinion, to my knowledge, 
JP's actually got JP on his birth certificate. <laughs> Someone said to me the other day, where's John? I said, who's John? <laughs> no, I know who John is. Yeah, yeah. I, and, and so I was, I was texting you when you guys had just got down here. I was starting my prep on, on Phoenix Rising. And they had a, a chap, um, Austin Ledbetter, at right back, who was with the Moy Menace. <laughs> so I, I went to text you. And I, and I asked if you'd had this player, if this was someone you knew, you know, just purely to aid me in, in commentary prep. Didn't hear back for a couple of hours, and I thought, oh, you miserable bugger, you know, like, what's, what's going on there? Turns out I'd actually text JP Della Camera, the commentator. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea who was like, what are you talking about, Callie? <laughs> 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 That's what I was like, hey, he's doing his prep. One other thing which I want to talk about before we get on to a few other things, <laughs> many things to talk about. I think sometimes people forget that players and coaches, you are human beings. How difficult is it travelling and doing the job you do with a family and, and, and moving around, whether it's around the world or around North America? It, 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 it can't be easy, Gaff. No, it's the hardest part in it because you move into a ready-made situation. Yeah. You know, the coaches sometimes come with you and within... I don't know, three, four weeks, it's just like being at the next club. You know, all the people in the staff, you've got all your new group of players, you go pre-season, you're okay, you're off and running. You know, people forget your wife has to go and try and find a new home, get to find schools for your kids, mm. it's meet new friends, and it's, it's difficult on that. And I know we, we, we never say it enough, but the sacrifices that your family make, yeah. especially your wife and you know, the kids, it's, uh, it's huge. And... Um, but it is what we do, you know, it's what we, we've always wanted to do and, you know, it pays the bills, I suppose, but we're all in it originally. None of us originally started this, whether you were playing or coaching, for money. You did it because that's what you wanted to do. And then obviously it takes on a different sort of sphere, but in terms of the job... You know, it's, 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 it's harder on the people around you and the family that you've got. But, you know, for us, at times it's tough, you know, with the criticism that comes with the job that you do. But, you know, it's 10 months, you're on the road. It's, you know, I think all of us are really tired at the end of the, end of the season. <clears throat> but then two weeks, three weeks, four weeks later, the combine's starting. And then you're yeah. getting, it's, so it's, you know, it's, it, you don't really stop. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's not easy. It's not easy on a lot of people. But it's a choice that we all make. Yeah. Also, I mean, it must have been difficult for you as well, coming to the US at such a young age, and then you went over to play in England, and you came back. I mean... Yeah, no, it's, I, I think um, I think there's some... You look back, there's so many good times and bad times and, yeah. and all the stuff in between, and I don't think any of us would do it if we didn't have a, a passion for the game. And I, I know my passion kind of grew... A little bit different than maybe Adrian's. He's been in a, a soccer environment his whole life, and mine kind of flirted with it a little bit. Um, but we probably wouldn't do what we do if we didn't have a real passion for the game. And it takes you through the hard times. You know, you're. Which there are plenty. There are. There's there's yeah. there's so many ups and downs. Mm -hmm. um, and sometimes you, you curse the game, um, but deep down you you love it. And it's such a party because I, I couldn't imagine doing anything different. So yeah. um, that's what it is. The one thing which I know a lot of people are quite interested in, um, we'll get to, to JP's story, how JP came to Minnesota shortly, but you three in particular, you've known each other for some time through various different avenues. So to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, this all started in Orlando. When, because you were coaching Orlando, you, fully, you were obviously the assistant. Wassall was at San Jose at the time, the other end of the country. JP was in the middle of Kansas City, and all of a sudden this all comes together. 
how did you first interact? Where did you first meet Watto and Fuller and JP and whatnot? Um, Fuller was a player at Charleston Battery, as I said. Yeah. And we, we needed players, we made the playoffs. Mm. So we took Ian from there. So that that's what, 10 years ago? Yeah, at least. At least, yeah. maybe 11 now. Mm. And Watto I'd known, obviously, just on the circuit, we'd turn up at the combine and you'd be on the outside looking in because you were USL and yeah. couldn't get over the other side of the stadium or get team sheets to look at the college players. But we ended up sitting next to each other at the final four, I think, mm, in, in North Carolina. North Carolina at uh, Rally. Kerry. Yeah, at Kerry. Yeah. So obviously he was then assistant, I think, with Frank. Mm-hmm. Then he gets the job later, does a great job there. Mm-hmm. And then obviously as what happens in football, they end up losing their jobs. And then we're now, we've moved on sufficiently enough to think, well, we might go MLS. Mm. And then, you know, obviously I'm looking for somebody who's got, who's played, who's got, you know, MLS experience, been a coach, been a manager. Yeah. So that was where he come from with Watto. And with JP, it was basically, we always we ended up getting him in the Open Cup. It seemed like every year, JP. Didn't it? <laughs> yeah, we got a few times. Yeah, and it went from there really. And, yeah. and the, the one good thing about it is, along the way, you meet people and you get contacts. And for me, it's always been about people that when you've ran them, and it's never easy as a people who are in the MLS. When you ring as a USL coach, you won't believe the amount of people who don't give you the courtesy of ringing back. Really? No. And like to JP and all that. If I left a message or what. Yeah, and they would readily give you information about, you know, people you might be playing. Mm. So that's all stuff that sticks in your head when you're trying to put staff together. And then what did you chaps think when you were offered, whether it was a position here or in Orlando, to work under Adrian Botto? We'll start with you. Um, I didn't have to think too long about it. Things ended at San Jose for me, and um, I got a phone call within a couple weeks, and I... I thought it was a perfect situation to work under someone like Adrian, who's who's got so much experience. It was a really easy decision. I there's a lot of buzz about the, the club. Um, they built, you know, such a, a, a fan base and a, and a and a really good foundation in the USL. And there was a Kaká thing, and it, it was there was so many positive things, and it was headed in the right direction. And, and to work for for Adrian, I knew, I knew Ian as well. Yep. It took me. Ten minutes to decide. Did you did you call him? Did you? I don't. I think I did. Yeah, we spoke briefly. I think we spoke briefly. I knew him though, so I didn't. I, <laughs> I didn't have to worry about that. Um, it was a really easy decision, and it, it was great. Um, you know that that first year in Orlando, there was it was incredible. Yeah. You know, there was such a buzz. Um, I remember taking the bus into into the first game. We played New York City at the at the Citrus Bowl sold out and there was probably a hundred thousand people around the stadium and we, we literally had it was like parting of the red sea to actually get the bus to the stadium and i remember almost being like tears in my eyes yeah, like the, the, the games got to this level mm-hmm. and it was a testament to what they'd done in the city and adrian and kind of building that momentum through the usl um it was it was a great experience you know there's there's a lot of trials and tribulations with that as well but um that was a really special place when when they started in the league Good to follow shortly, but JP, you know, as we were saying, you were obviously on an escapade elsewhere, and then you get a, a call from Adrian Heath, and, and what was your instant thought? What was going through your mind? The reaction was a very easy decision. Mm. You know, I, I had worked under Peter for eight years in Kansas City, and then got an opportunity to be a head coach myself, and when the opportunity presented itself to work for Adrian, 
Um, I thought it would be a great progression for my own career in terms of education. Mm. Peter's mentality is very defensive. His, his philosophy, his methodology is very defensive. When you watch Adrian's teams, it's very attack-oriented. Um, and having been assistant at one place and then been a head coach to work on my own methodology and then have an opportunity to work under somebody like Adrian who was more attack-minded, I thought was a no-brainer. Mm. And, and we developed a relationship a little bit when he'd been in Orlando and we felt very comfortable. And as he said earlier, he'd call about players and we'd talk and exchange texts or, or phone calls. So it, it seemed very comfortable. And, and then knowing his staff, Ian I didn't know very well. I knew him more as a player. <laughs> but we had connected once in Minnesota, ironically. He was the assistant coach of the NASL team. And we at Sporting played them in the Open Cup. I think there was a bit of a bench-clearing brawl and the, the whole nine yards. So I grabbed him, he grabbed me. And by the way, I hope you didn't punch him, JP. No, I didn't. <laughs> that could have been a mismatch. I, I hugged him and just told him, stay over here and we'll stay out of it. <laughs> I was fine with that, knowing JP now. I was fine. <laughs> you got off lightly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and with Wado, it was, you know, knowing he was part of the staff, it was a no-brainer. We didn't know each other well. But having watched him from afar, I'd met him when he was an assistant at San Jose, and then you kind of saw what he did when he took over that team, and you realize, you know, there's a lot to, to learn from a guy like that. Yeah. Um, and then the transition that he had made from an assistant coach to a head coach. So it really was a very easy decision to come and, and work for the staff. But it's funny because it goes back to what you mentioned earlier. Very easy for us to move. Mm -hmm. We move into almost an immediate circle of friends, mm -hmm. and we move because we love the game. Our families, they simply move because they love us yeah. and they support us. And it's, it's something we, none of us, I think, in this room forget, no. you know, because we have that support in there. That's why we're able to do it. But easy decision once he called. Uh, Fuller, you were in a bit of a, a different scenario because, as Jacob mentioned, you were already assistant coach for the NASL team. You know, the club was uh, clearly going from NASL to, to MLS, and I had had a bit of MLS experience, so um, I was involved in a little bit of the conversations about going to the MLS. But after the season, you know, Carl and, and Peter and I were kind of unsure of the situation. Um, and then Adrian was hired, um, so I, I kind of got a reprieve just because I knew Adrian mm -hmm. um, and kind of got the band back together in, in Minnesota. And um, they asked many questions about Minnesota and the club and the fans, and and I couldn't speak highly of, of the project going on up, up in Minnesota. So um, we, we were lucky enough to get the band back together and um, couldn't be more thrilled about you know, the direction of where things are going. Mm -hmm. um, we were all quite comfortable with each other. And um, so I think that, that it's been a good situation for us all. Gaff, did you know straight away as soon as you took over that you wanted for a part of your, your staff again? Well, it's a no-brainer when you've got to put a staff together. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got somebody who you've worked with before. You know, he knows how I work. Because that's also really important, I think. Because every head coach is different, the way that they work, the way that they respond to defeats and to victories and it, it's it's not always easy but he, he knew how I worked and so it was a no-brainer that way and obviously we'd worked to, with Watto down there it was JP was the new one for us because we, we'd never been together yeah. but you know we've I'm, I'm really proud of what we've done since we've been here mm -hmm. so you know when I when I think about where we were to where we are now yeah I'm really pleased with what we're doing We'll, we'll save that for the next segment because that's going to be a really intriguing segment which I really want to dive deep into how far you guys have taken this football club from where it was. But I think first we all need a bit of a top-up, don't we? So let's, um, let's stop the segment for a little bit, shall we? Yeah. And uh, continue on shortly.